Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details and terms and conditions and data management info. everyone and thank you for joining me again this morning on next on the t i'm your host chris mascaro and today i have two more fantastic guests to share with you from two of the most gorgeous prestigious and historical golf clubs on the planet first up is going to be dave harner dave is the director of golf at the french lick resort up in indiana which is the site of next week's lpga legends event with some of the biggest names in the history of women's golf set to play there it's also the site of the 2015 Senior PGA Championship. So I'm looking forward to talking with Dave about that and more in just a few moments. Later in the show, Ron Scahan is set to join me. Ron is a golf, uh, Callaway Golf Master Professional and Southern California Sectional and Senior Sectional Champion. He is also the Director of Instruction at one of the most historic and exclusive clubs on the planet, Hillcrest Golf and Social Club out in L.A., He's going to be rising up with the sun with me uh, to join me this morning. He's going to be along about 20 minutes from now. So I'm excited and privileged to have two great gentlemen with me this morning. But before we get started, we want to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military and everyone listening in on Armed Forces Radio and the Armed Forces Sports Radio Network. We thank you for your daily sacrifices and all that you do to keep the rest of us safe. We also want to thank those of you who serve in every branch of the military and the public service. We truly appreciate what you do to preserve our freedoms and our liberty. It's through your strength and efforts that our way of life is even possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Stephen Lee, Dennis Farrell, and all the folks at Armed Forces Sports Radio. It's an honor for us to be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcessportsradionetwork.org. I'm sorry, armedforcessportsradio.org. And also be sure to give those guys a follow on Twitter. That's important to them, too. You can find them at the AFRN for the Armed Forces Radio Network. All right, now joining me on the Kyvan Foods guest line is Dave Harner. Let me give you a little more detail about Dave. Dave is the director of golf operations, like I said, one of the most gorgeous facilities you're going to find anywhere on the planet. That's the French Lick Resort. Folks, if you are not familiar with this facility, you know, treat your golf eyes to something fantastic by going to frenchlick.com forward slash golf and check it out. They have three courses there, one each designed by Donald Ross, Pete Dye, and Tom Bendelow. Next week, they're going to host the LPGA Legends Championship on the Pete Dye course, and next year, the Senior PGA Championship will also be played on that course. Dave was named the 2012 Indiana PGA Professional of the Year. He has been named Indiana PGA Resort Merchandiser of the Year three times, and last week, he celebrated his birthday. So happy belated birthday, Dave, and thanks for being next on the tee with me this morning. Oh, thank you, Chris. We celebrate them. We just don't count them. <laughs> with you my friend indeed so let's let's start out by talking about your incredible facility i i read that you you know you've been there for nearly 30 years now is that right you know i i left for a brief time for a couple of years but all in all 36 years at the facility so wow it's uh it's been a long career it's uh it's been interesting you know we've we've had a, a very good fortune of, of mr bill cook purchasing our resort and developing it back in 2006 and uh you know right. spent somewhere near 600 million dollars to revitalize these two wow. historic hotels and and uh you know to enhance the golf experience so we've been we've been very fortunate mm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the Donald Ross course that you guys have there dates back to 1917. It's the site of the 1924 PGA Championship, which was won by Walter Hagen. Talk about the history of the course and what you alluded to, the renovation that uh, you guys went through back in 2006. Well, the golf course was uh, one of Ross's first in the Midwest in 1917. We actually um, hosted the LP, the um, Indiana Open Championship uh, in 1920 and again in 1922. Then in uh, 24, we hosted our first national event, which was the PGA Championship. And in those days, it was a you know a match or a, um, a stroke right. play, play. Uh, the first couple of days and then converted to match play and Hagen mm. uh beat James Barnes on the 17th hole to win the win the match um it was the first of four consecutive PGA championships for Hagen uh mm-hmm. so he was he was definitely the player of the day and uh since then we've we've hosted several other events we hosted the 1959-1960 LPGA championships uh, we've been involved with um, a very famous amateur tournament in the Midwest from 1932 to 1965, which was the Midwest Amateur Championship. And some of the winners of that event were Chick Evans, uh, great amateur player Dale Morey, uh, Ed Tutwiler. So it's it's been a, a well-known amateur event in its day. Then uh, sort of fell out for a few years. We hosted some Indiana-level events, and then we're back now with the LPGA and the, the Legends Championship and uh, of course, we have a, a commemorative or a honorary tournament for Alice Dye every year, the Alice Dye Invitational. We have 120 uh, amateur women from around the country playing the two-day Invitational, one round at the Ross, one round at the Dye. So uh, we've, we've been very active. Uh, as you said, the, um, the championship for the uh, seniors next year at the Dye. You know, French Lick's just uh, becoming a better-known golf destination. It's always been a a golf destination, but I think with adding the die course, uh, coupling it with the Ross, you get two very different uh, golf experiences. One, one old school, uh, you know, turn of the century uh, architecture piece, and one ultra modern piece. So, it's a fun experience. Right. When when you're walking those fairways, Dave, do you do you get a sense of the history and the legends that were you know that that walked those fairways before you? The golf course just has that feel, you know, and. Uh, in those days, they they brought the golf course to the land. The, the story goes that Donald Ross and the owner of the resort got on horseback and started to ride through the country to find a, a piece of property that would lend itself to building such a golf course. You know, and the, the desire was to build a championship caliber course, something that they could host a, a PGA championship on. And they found this mm-hmm. this piece of property and actually purchased 300 acres from a farmer just adjacent to town and uh, built the course on the land. So it just has that field, you know. It's not spread out over a tremendous area. It's only 140 acres, so you essentially walk off the green and you got 25 steps to the next tee because everybody walked in those days. You, uh, right. you just get that feel. And the greens, you know, the greens are very severe. They're all elevated. Um, if you ran our greens up there at a, at a 10 or 11 speed all the time, it'd be tough to keep a ball on them. You know, we... We thought about softening those slopes, and then we thought, you know, it's really historic. It's really the the signature part of the golf course. So we left them alone. We just keep them a little bit slower than that. You guys went back to the native fescue grasses, right, uh, on on the Ross Design course. Is that reminiscent, or I don't know if it's reminiscent is the right word, but is that similar, I guess I should say, to what we saw at Pinehurst earlier this year? You know, it is. It's... Um, we we tried to keep it in sort of out of play areas. Uh, you know, of course, you think an area is out of play to you play, and then you hit it in there. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's it lends it lends a good backdrop and a lot and a good um, a good definition to a lot of the holes. Um, it's not quite as craggy, I would say, or as um, as pronounced as Pinehurst. It's more of a fescued area, not such as a waste area. So uh, you know, it just more or less gives us a good backdrop. The the goal with the renovation was just to bring the course back as close to original as we could. And it was a fun project. We had an old uh, set of plans from, from Ross uh, that we actually were able to take out there and scale to the to the fairways. And when we started to excavate and we started to look for the bunkers that had been taken out over the years, we actually found the old drain tiles and the pea gravel and all that from the, the wow. original bunker. So we knew we had the right spots. And from the pictures I saw standing on the first tee there, there, there aren't a lot of trees out there, so it's pretty wide open from, 
you know, from a, you know, from that standpoint, now obviously the landing areas and the fairways are a little more narrow, but you kind of get a sense of, you know, boy, I, I can probably play this course. Yeah, you do. I, I think, um, you know, as you look off the tee, uh, Donald Ross was known to tell you where he wanted you to go. In other words, if he had a short bunker on the left and a long bunker on the right, he wanted you to hit the ball to the left side of the fairway. Right. Um, and you see a lot of that out here. Um, I think that the approaches to the greens, if you're on the wrong side of the fairway, become more difficult because the greens may open up from the right or from the left better one than the other. And um, definitely, if you miss the greens right, left, or long, as as are as is the case with other Donald Ross golf courses, it's it's hard to get it up and down. Mm-hmm. So th- let's talk a little bit about the Pete Dye course, and it's laid out as on one of the highest elevations in Indiana, measuring about a thousand feet above sea level. And it me- is this right? It measures eighty-one hundred yards for the pros. <laughs> just just a tag over eighty-one hundred. Yes, from the back wow. tees. Pete Pete likes to call those back tees his nurseries. He says, for Christ's sake, don't play them. <laughs> <laughs> because it, you know, a lot of those holes uh, from eighty-one hundred, it's a two hundred fifty-yard carry just to the fairway. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, so I, it's, you know, the, the course rating is an eighty with a slope of one forty-eight from back there. Holy cow! Yeah, it's big. The um, you know, and Pete's whole thought was, you know, if the ball continues to get uh, longer and the clubs continue to improve, in 10 years you'll need an 8,100-yard golf course to accommodate a tour player. Wow. Uh, well, I hope we never and get I can't, there. And I really can't, I really can't argue with that if you look at the scores the guys are shooting these days and how far they're I mean, Bubba hit a drive 424 the other day. <laughs> That's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Now, are we going to see the senior PGA play that length next year? I think the senior PGA will be somewhere between 72 and 74, somewhere close to what they're playing the um, PGA Championship at Valhalla. Hmm. Okay. Or at least that's the early, you know, the early thought. Uh, uh, the landing areas uh, are key up there. If it depends, you know, how far their average tee shot is because. For example, Pete's designed the golf course for when from the white tee or the regular tee. If you hit a 200-yard golf shot, you're you're hitting it to the widest part of the fairway. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that starts to really narrow down. And then from the, you know, the center or the black tee, it's about 275 yards to the wide part of the fairway. So, by skill level, it'll depend on how far they're hitting the ball, and I, they'll probably look at that um, pretty carefully. Yeah, do you guys set up the course? You know, there's, you know, the movement come, you know, has come lately, particularly, you know, Mr. Nicholas, with, you know, kind of play your tee, right? You know, let, you know move up to try to, you know, get more people in, involved in the game and make the game a little more fun for, you know, for we amateurs. Is that kind of the, the thought process there when you're looking at your tees and how far it is to get into, you know, make it playable for, you know, people of, you know, lesser skill levels? Sure, sure. The, um you know, the whole concept is to, to allow a player who hits the ball 175 yards off a tee, a tee that will allow him to hit the biggest landing area. And right. we have a lot of guys who jump up there and, you know, look at the black or the gold tees, and, you know, by the third hole they're up to the blues, and by the fifth hole they're up to the whites, <laughs> and by the end they could be up to the silvers at times. So I, I think that, you know, it's it, it sounds like it would be fun from back there to try it, but... Um, I wouldn't say it would be all that much fun for everyone. Someone asked me the other day, well, how, how about the landing areas from the very back tee? What's it look like? I said, it looks like the forward tee <laughs> to me because <laughs> there's about 200 yards difference, and that's about as far as I can eat it. Yeah, yeah. That, that but would Pete, be fun was, Pete to, was great to great to work with. I mean, he his whole design philosophy of that golf course was to give you unrestricted views of the horizon anywhere you stood so consequently he picked the 36 highest spots on that ridge line and uh, those were either tees or greens and then uh, most of the golf course is about 800 feet above sea level and all the trees are gone down to about 700 feet so you're looking out over the top of the trees and you right. can see a couple of a couple of times you can see 35 40 miles so Wow, it's uh, got to be spectacular. It's, it's, uh, it's breathtaking, and I think that's part of the distraction. You know, you get looking at the scenery and and all that, and you kind of forget what the next shot's supposed to look like at times. <laughs> on the property, you have uh, the turn of the century home of uh, Thomas Taggart, who history buffs may recall was the the mayor of Indianapolis and a one-time chairman of the Democratic Party. You guys use part of that, right, as the clubhouse? 
Yeah, well, our um, our clubhouse restaurant is actually in that uh, Tom Taggart mansion. You know, the the lore here is that Franklin Roosevelt was uh, first convinced to run for president in that mansion at the 1930 right? Democratic Governors Conference. So, um, you know, there's a lot of history. A lot of history. Taggart built it as his weekend home, but he was known to entertain uh, very high-profile people there. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of high-profile people, next week you guys are going to host the LPGA Legends Championship with some of the greatest you know, LPGA players of all time in the field. I mean, I was looking down the, the, the ladies' schedule to play, and you got you got Pat Bradley and Donna Capone, Joanne Carner, Rosie Jones, Nancy Lopez, Sandra Palmer, Lori Rinker, Hollis Stacy, Jan Stevenson. I could go on and on. What an outstanding field you guys are going to have. I think we represent in that field about 375 LPGA Tour wins and about 65 American professional majors. So it's it's a star-studded field, and, and these ladies are wonderful to watch and wonderful to interact with. Mm-hmm. So when when you have folks like that that are that are coming, and then you know when you, you know looking forward to next year's senior PGA, do you have some of those guys and gals come to you trying to pick your brain a little bit about the course and asking you for advice and you know how's this layout and where you know where some landing areas are just to try to get more of a historical sense even above and beyond maybe what their caddies can give them. Haven't really talked to many of the senior PGA players. Um, I think most of those players are are still concentrating on uh, you know 2014 and the you know of course Monty and uh, uh, Kenny Perry have made the cut at the PGA Championship. Right. You know Colin Montgomery will be our defending champion, but um, I'm sure we'll start talking with them. The ladies, I've I've had a lot of conversation with. I, I attended a few of their events just to kind of get a feel for what they do and, and had a lot of conversation with them about the courses and you know that of course they all want the best caddy we have if they don't have their own traveling with them and we've, <laughs> we've tried to place them with caddies we felt would uh would fit and uh you know it's just it's it's been fun to hear the questions they ask you know like you know on this hole should i lay up should i hit you know should i hit hybrid to here or should i hit three wood and try to reach it those kind of things Mm-hmm. So it's been a it's been a fun fun thing, and I've I've developed you know myself a very close relationship with some of those ladies, and we, you know, we're friends. We talk on the phone, and we email, and we Facebook, and and it's just been special for me. Yeah, no doubt. Do you uh, do you get them coming out in advance? You know, whether it's these ladies, and do you expect next year with the with the senior senior players? Do they come out throughout the course of you know earlier in the year? I should say to get some practice rounds out there to get a feel for the layout and uh, you know what to expect. The ladies certainly. You know, Jan Stevenson spent uh, spent about a week here um, a month before the tournament last year. Nancy Lopez has been here. Uh, for a couple of speaking engagements with other groups and spent some time uh, out on the course. And uh, Nancy Scranton has been here a couple of times on her own. And, and yeah, they they come in and out. We've we've had uh, Rosie here doing some um, some media work for us. We did a, a media tour in Indianapolis, Louisville, and Evansville to some TV stations. And we had Rosie with us there. And we did the same thing last year with Jan Stevenson. So yeah, they they're familiar and they they come here. Do uh do the does the LPGA and will the senior will I guess representatives from the from the PGA be out there looking at the course, cutting it down, giving you guys advice on you know we want we want it to play this way, we want the speeds of the green that way. Do they dictate a lot of that to you guys? Uh, the Legends Tour not so much. Uh, they have a couple of gentlemen who uh, run point for them on those issues, but I tell you the playing condition at Pete Dye is. Is such that you really don't have to change much. It's just you know, it's pretty pristine. Do you know? Do, do Pete, whether it's Peter, people from you know his you know his organization, his design crew, do they come out to you know make sure the standards of what they what they want a Pete Dye course to play like, look like, feel like, you know, are they involved in that as well throughout the course of the year? Well, there's only two people that can make that call. Uh, the first, the first one who can make that call is uh, P himself, right? And the second, and the most important and foremost person to make that call is Alice. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, Alice will be here, and she'll uh, she'll let me know if she doesn't think the golf course plays fair for the ladies. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's great. In fact, I was uh, I was with them last year on the front lawn of the Taggart Mansion up there as the players were uh, were finishing up, and we got word that. Uh, Laura Davies was seven under par after 14 holes, and 
And on one side, I have Alice telling me that the golf course is not fair for women the way we have it set up. And on the other side, I have Pete saying, oh, my God, I hope she doesn't shoot 700. So <laughs> a conflicting, uh, conflicting view there. So, so is Pete the kind of guy if she if, if she to come in and, and and posted a, a you know a sixty four or something along those lines is he going to be out running around trying to figure out how to make it harder? As long as Alice doesn't find out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, looking forward to next year in the in the senior PGA. Are you going to be uh, you going to be teeing it up? No, no. I'll probably play some practice rounds with some of the guys if asked, but. Uh, you know, my, my duty is to make sure we have a great event here and, and uh, work with the PGA in any way I can to make it successful. So that's that's where I am. So what are what are some of the things that, you know, i got to imagine it gets hectic, you know, way more hectic than normal when you've got a Legends event like you got next week and next year when, with, this, with the senior PGA. What's, what are the weeks like leading up to the actual event? We've, we've had a very aggressive schedule of, of championship events this year. As you know, we host um, in the spring we hosted the Big Ten Women's Championship the last week in April. And okay. the following week, the first week in May, we hosted the um, uh, the Men's Championship. So there's two, two extremely important championship events to us there. Um, we fall right out of that into our season and host the Indiana Southern Open and over 100 corporate outings. Wow. Uh, up until right now. Then we'll host the Legends next week. Uh, we'll close to Airify Greens the following week, then reopen and host the U.S. Men's Team Championship the last week in September, first week in October, where uh, uh, the USGA uh, qualifies three-man teams from every state in the Union, plus Washington, D.C., and the and Puerto Rico. And we'll have 156 guys here competing for the National Team Championship. Wow. So that's an aggressive yeah, schedule. Then, uh, you know, then right off that, on to... Uh, corporate hospitality sales for the legends and um, some other things. So it's uh, you know it's it's busy time and leading up to um, leading up to the event. Uh, of course, I've I've not been so involved in a, a championship from the PGA side, but we have six PGA employees here right now uh, doing a lot of the um, a lot of the point work as far as volunteers and transportation and and working with security and you know they pretty much take the the bull by the horns operationally legends is a little different we we conduct that event ourselves so you know we we say where the tents go and we say where all the sponsor signs go and you know we set up the hospitality villa and we we do all that ourselves you know there's a, a lot going on with the legends more so probably for me than the than the pga wow couple more before we let you go, Dave. We've got our next guest, Ron Scahan, hanging on the line. It's going to get to him in just a moment. But, you know, Dave, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I spent several years of my life in Boston back in the 80s. So uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a Celtics fan. So i got to ask, since you're in French Lick, Larry Bird, come down to play golf there from time to time? You know, I, I understand Larry doesn't play much golf anymore. He uh, had some back and shoulder problems and doesn't right. play a whole lot. Um, you know, it just seems that his off season. Uh, is so full now that he doesn't get yeah. here. Uh, we certainly invited him. He hasn't played the golf course, but uh, he was certainly when he when he was an active player in the NBA. He he summered here in French Lick and he played many 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 rounds at Donald Ross. In fact, in wow. a Golf Digest article here a few years ago, he listed it as his all time favorite. I can see why. So, uh, uh, you know, anyone who's gotten an opportunity, I'm sure, to play any of those golf courses, I can see why they'd list it as their number one. Hey, I can tell you that Larry, uh, you know, even though he has been retired for quite some time from playing actively and doesn't coach anymore, um, still involved, of course, with the Pacers, but everywhere we go, it's, you know, that's the first thing out of their mouths is, is wow, that's Larry Bird's hometown. Right. So, so yeah. Larry's brought a lot of recognition to us, and, and we've been very fortunate to have him. No doubt. Um, last question before we go. Um, this weekend, obviously with the PGA going on you know, right now, who do you like? Gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I like Tiger before it started. <laughs> um, I think, you know, it's it's Rory is on such a roll right now. And, and when I say roll, his putter especially. Uh, he expects to make everything. And, you know, when a player has that confidence and is rolling the ball like he is, it's it's hard to stop him. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, and of course, I kind of root for Furyk. Uh, Furyk was a player here in, a, in an AJGA event in 1990. Uh, nice. 
he was runner-up to Stuart Sink that year in our tournament. So uh, I, I got to think about Fury because he's been so close so many times to so many things that right. sooner or later, sooner or later, he's got to um, he's got to break through and, and win another big one. Uh, right. Of course, and Phil, I'm with you. Phil's, Phil's everybody's hero, so uh, right. I, I like those three. I'll narrow it down to three for you. <laughs> All right, and I think you got you got three really good ones there, and I'm a I'm a Fury fan as well, uh, being from Pittsburgh, and so is Jimmy. So, uh, a lot of favorite, uh, a lot of yeah, uh, like I say, a lot of the energy that I have as well is going behind him. I hope he plays really well. Dave, for our listeners who want more information about your resort or the events that you've got going on there, particularly like I say, the Legends next week, how can they find out online and over social media about it? Well, we have a, a Facebook page uh, called French Lick Resort Golf that's got uh, over 1,200 great photos of the the courses, the resort, and some great photos from the 2013 event. We we give periodic updates about the tournaments, etc. Uh, of course, our website FrenchLick.com uh, is another great place. And then the Legends Tour website is just uh, TheLegendsTour.com. So any of those three sites will will give you uh, up to the minute information, uh, live scoring, etc. Of course, we'd love, to have people, we'd love to have people come out and actually see these ladies play. Absolutely, and if anyone's in the area and you don't, uh, I feel bad for you because not only do you get to see, like I say, some of the greatest you know ladies in the history of the LPGA all on one course, and then over a course of a few days, the the layout and the and the courses are absolutely spectacular. My, from just from looking at the pictures on, online, I think you know, boy, I got to get this on my bucket list because it looks like a fantastic place. No, Dave, it, it certainly thank- is great spot dave thank you so much for coming on the show with me this morning it's been an honor to talk to you i hope you'll come back and join me again sometime i'd love to talk more history of the course and then get an update on you know how this event was for you and 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 for them and then obviously with the with the senior pga on the horizon love to keep in contact well thanks so much for having me and um, uh, certainly would come back anytime all right thanks dave all the best to you and everyone out there at the front uh, french lick resort thanks so much chris all right, take care, Dave. Bye. Great stuff from Dave Harner, and I'm, and I'm telling you, folks, I'm not exaggerating a bit. You got to go online and take a look at the, at the, at the layout, the golf courses, and the resort itself. Fantastic, I'm telling you. Boy, you know, the history of the Donald Ross course and then the Pete Dye course, just so beautiful out there. Um, like I say, it's definitely added to uh, to my bucket list of golf courses to uh, get the opportunity to play hopefully sometime. All right, we've uh, we've got our next guest, Ron Skahan, hanging online. Get to him right after this quick uh, station identification. This is Joe Longinusa from Thursday Night Tailgate, and you're listening to On the Tee, with Chris Mascaro on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Now joining me on the Kyvin Foods guest line is Ron Skahan. Let me give you a little background on Ron. He graduated from the University of Oregon with a degree in economics and political science. He is a Callaway Golf Master Staff Professional and the Director of Instruction at Hillcrest Country Club out in L.A., one of the most prestigious golf and social clubs you're going to find on the planet. He is a three-time Southern California Player of the Year, He won the Southern California Sectional Championship in 2009 and in 2012 the Southern California Senior Senior Sectional Championship. Over the last two seasons, he's qualified for the U.S. Senior PGA Championship and the U.S. Senior Open, and I'm honored to have him as part of uh, the show this morning. Ron, thanks for being next on the tee with me today. Chris, pleasure to uh, be on the show for sure. I appreciate that, and, and and above all, you got to be rising with the sun out there. So thanks for making the sacrifice and getting up really early on your Saturday morning. Yeah, being a uh, PJ golf professional, once you get started in the business, you always got to open up the shop. So I've always been an early riser because of it. Yeah, well, that's good for us too. <laughs> so, Ron, yeah, an Oregon duck. You're an Oregon duck living in the heart of USC and UCLA country. That's got to be a little difficult at times. Well, yeah, I, I take some. Uh, I always have some fun with with that at at work. I've got my little Oregon head cover on my driver, so my UCLA and USC <laughs> students at the club. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Rub it in while you're out there. Good for you. Yeah, exactly. I I host another show called Thursday Night Tailgate. Uh, we talk we talk uh, NFL, college football on Thursday nights, and one of our favorite guests is a fellow duck, JJ Burden. 
And uh, we were talking with J.J. recently about, you know, how there's been no offensive slowdown in, at Oregon in the post-Chip Kelly area, uh, era. Do you like, like the Ducks champion uh, chances to be another top-five team this year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, this uh, the quarterback, uh, Mariota, he's just got uh, – right. he's got – besides the ability and the talent and the arm and the, he's got the brains and the – and the work ethic to be, you know, I think he's got a pretty good chance with the Heisman. I know uh, down here in Southern California, they've been uh, pumping both himself and Hunley, the quarterback for UCLA, to have a, right. to have a pretty good chance at it. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the club you work at now, Hillcrest Country Club. The club opened back in 1920 and hosted the 29 PGA Championship won by uh, Leo Deagle, who uh, beat Walter Hagen and Gene Saracen along the way, and because it used to be match play back then. But um, talk about the history of the golf course and and uh, and um, you know some of the things that um, you know. When you think about the history and being able to walk the fairways, the same fairways as a Walter Hagen and a Gene Sarrison, what that's like? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a parkland traditional course that was built in the in the twenties with the architect was named Willie Watson, and it and it's a it's a uh, the front side's a little tighter and a little bit more uh, strategically, and then the back side they have we have three of our longest par fours around the back side. <clears throat> so what's so funny is. The members have a have the average player has a more difficult time with the tightness and the longer ones since they can't get their most of them can't get there in regulation in two shots. It's a simpler hole because they can they just play it as a as a five in their brain. They don't have to they don't have to work hard to get there in two because they can't. So it's it's simpler to go one two, leave it short, hit a fifty yard shot on the green, and make a make a par. So it's a little bit more open on the back side. So they always play a little bit better on the back than on the front. And about wow. twelve. Fourteen years ago, we uh, switched to bet grass greens, which is the best uh, putting surface on the planet. And our one of our neighbors, the Brentwood Country Club, is going to—they're doing the same thing. Hmm. But but uh, besides the golf course itself, because the bent grass greens have now been our—they're like our premier product. We've probably got the best greens in uh, West Los Angeles. But more importantly, it's the history of the club. We have uh, right. so many. Uh, great story. Then we have a we have a, an event in October, which is our big member guest, which is called the Round Table. And why it's called the Round Table is because <clears throat> during the high time of uh, the beginning stages of television, we have we had Jack Benny, the Marx Brothers, uh, George Burns, uh, Danny Thomas. They're all were members at the club, so they all sit around. Right. Laugh around at this thing. It was called the round table because that's where we all sit. Now we've made that a tradition of a, of an event for our big guests. We have the round table. And it's got all the pictures of the March Brothers and Jack Benny and on the on the logo itself, and it's kind of fun. The, the members really love it. So to that you know to that end, when I was doing you know researching uh, the club. You know, Ron, in the early days of the movie industry, Jewish people weren't allowed to play in the non-Jewish country clubs, which is, you know, hard for me to fathom, you know, that something like that happens in our country. So they joined Hillcrest because all of the members at the time were Jewish. So to your point, you had the Milton Burles and the Jack Bennys and the Danny Kays and George Burns and Georgie Jessels and Al Jolsons of the world there. Mm-hmm. So I got to imagine there's some legendary stories about what it was like, you know, back then. What are some of the ones that you've heard that, you know, are some of the ones that you love telling people when they ask this type of question? Yeah, one of the one of the one that stands out. That we we uh, a couple of years ago, one of the when you know, our tournament chairman for this roundtable big member guests was kind of how they did it. They tied in one of the best stories at the club was the Marx Brothers were out playing and it was a, a hot summer day and. You get to hole number five and six, which is back in the corner of our uh, property. Mm-hmm. Harpo Harpo takes off his shirt, so the golf professional goes out there. He heard about it. somebody saw him, and he walks out to Harpo and says, "Harper, you can't play golf without your shirt on." So, so he put it on. Put it on. The next day, Harpo played in the shirt, but he took his pants off and played in his boxers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, That's so there's some great, there's just some yeah, there's some great great stories and great pictures at the club, and it's just you know I, I, when I, every time I walk through, I'm thinking like it's, it would have been such a blast. It's just 
just be just sit on the side of the wall and just or, and just listen to these guys just go and on and on and on. How no funny they doubt. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, you know the side of the course, right? You're right across the street from Fox Studios, right? Yeah, right across from Fox Studios. Yep. So I got to believe you're getting some of the bigger name, you know, stars or movie, you know, movie professionals coming through there all the time. Who are some of the, you know, more recent stars you've had an opportunity to host there? Uh, well, well, another another uh, member of ours is he's had a, he's had uh, his back been bad. She so hasn't been out to the golf course much, but Sidney Poitier is a uh, member of the club. And this is a true regal gentleman. This guy's got so much class. He talks to the caddies like he talks to the to the, uh, the uh, really close friends of his. He's just a just a super classy guy. And then we've got uh, Adam Sandler, a member, um, recently right. joined it. Recently joined is jo- uh, Jonah Hill. He just joined. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to be around the club, and, and then we have all the, the all the and then we have all the uh, agents and all the uh, some other people in the um, movie industry there. So it's truly really kind of interesting to see and fun to be around and yeah. just listen to all the, listen to all the different stories. And then the, what I like is talking to the guys have been around there for a long time and you just you know you just get almost hear a new new story every day yeah it's got to make yeah. coming to work every day fun you never know who you're yeah. going to meet who you're going to hear about and who's going to want to play yeah jack lemon was a member for uh, the longest time and always hear stories about him and then bert lancaster also is a member and your great, uh, great stories about him wow so as i mentioned in the, in the intro ron um You've won some major events in sectional play. For folks who aren't as familiar with the majors at the sectional level, talk about those. And you know, are you, at the sectional level, those are the major events. Are you looking for the sort of sectional career grand slam now? Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say that for our majors, we have the we have our uh, section championship, then we have our section match play championship. And those are the those are pretty much the two big majors. We also have a uh, one that's called the Players Championship. I would think that the the two, the Section Championship and the Section Match Play Championship, are the are two biggest ones. And then once you turn uh, fifty, it's the it's the same thing. But our Senior Section Match Match Play hasn't been haven't been so big. We're a little bit low in participation. But so the seniors is basically just the our Senior Section Championship, which I've won. Won the senior section championship in 2012, and won the section championship right. in 2009. I won our section match play championship. So I guess you could say I've got the Grand Slam locked up already. There you go. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's, it's that you're trying to do. You're trying to. That's you know, every every stage of golf. You're always trying to get better and compete. And uh, for myself, when I try to get across to all my students, is it's you don't really, you don't have to compete against anybody else. You're just competing against yourself. Right. That's why I kind of like gravitated to the kind of gravitated to golf because of that. More more importantly, because of my father. My father used to uh, pitch in the Red Sox organization. I heard you were in Boston for a while. That's where I was born. Yeah. So I've always been a big Red Sox fan. So I played baseball and football. As, I played baseball and football as a, as a youngster. So it was always I could never be as good of a baseball player as my father. He was one of those kinds of dads. No, one of those kinds of dads pushed you hard. And, so then being out playing golf, when I started when I was about 15, about the third time we played golf, I beat him. So I'm like, I have wow. something on the old, yeah, I have something <laughs> on dad. So it's, that's what drove me into the different direction. Now, what's so funny is I've got a, I've got a, uh, I've got two children, a 24-year-old son that graduated from the University of Oregon, too. He lives in New York. And I've got a, a 22-year-old daughter named Allie, and she's an All-American volleyball player. So she's We've got a dad with baseball. I went into golf, and she's gone into volleyball, and she's just like me, meaning she's got the drive. She's successful. She's going to just loves volleyball. It's, it's kind of cool to see. Kind of it's a nice little skate hand history, we'll call it. There you go. Yeah, you, your son, your son's athletic, right? Your daughter's athletic. Your yeah. wife, right, too? Yeah. You, you, you got yeah. athletes all over the family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always good. It's always, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, sports has always been a heavy part of my life and it's, it's been my children's life. So what goes on is it, it's, it's also a fabulous, it's a distraction, you know, so the kids don't get, 
yeah. get in organized sports and and they and they get and they get good at one of them, let's say, you just it's just so much better off for their own life. It's it's a it's a good way to go understand how the whole system works and how you compete and how you're a gentleman or a lady as you play and participate in sports and plus it gets them away from the malls and the their phones and all, right. all the with, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I couldn't agree more with that. Now, Ron, you played a few weeks ago, right, at the U.S. Senior Open at Oak Tree National in in Oklahoma? Yes, I did. Talk about that experience. Yeah, fabulous experience. uh, We had, there was, uh, the qualifier was, there was 84 guys for two spots up at El Cab, which is a club here in a little north of L.A. in Tarzana. And I shot 70, and myself and another man tied for first. We qual- qualified the two of us, so I went back to Edmond, Oklahoma, which is just a sub, uh, uh, few miles just south of Oklahoma City. Um, right. The golf course, uh, Oak Tree itself, it's got lots of tradition and hosts a lot of, see, it hosts the 88 PGA, and we had the club pro, the, the professional national championship there u.s amber in 84 and uh when you get to a when you get to a major championship like you're going to watch this weekend even though even though the differences between oak tree and valhalla which which you're going to notice is oak tree was hard and fast weather was hot over 100 degrees no rain fairways were hard and fast greens were hard like landing it on a cart path and trying to hold it on on a green where you're going to see over the weekend that this is going to the PGA Championship of Valhalla, it's going to be wet, soggy, balls are going to plug. So right. it's going to be a much more much more longer golf course. And, and uh, But the but Oak Tree was fun. I shot 74 the first day and then got... Uh, so I had an afternoon round in the second round. I started off good. I was hitting good all week. Went par, 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 hit fairway green, fairway green. And then we hit start hitting all where all the big VIPs and grandstands were. And I... It was the 13th hole, which had been my fourth hole. And I looked around the corner of the grandstand. I thought I saw all the guys behind me and in the group on the green. I had I was first on the tee because my fellow competitors had made, already made a couple a bogey or two. So uh, as soon as I got to the first move of my downswing, there's a big roar, and it distracted me a little bit. I hit a good shot, but I, but I didn't fall all the way through. And I pulled it, and it bounced once or twice, and it trickled in the water, dropped another ball, Landed on the front of the green, came back in the water, and and uh, all of a sudden I'd knock it on the green and make make triple or you know, make a seven out of, on a par three, and all of a sudden it was like, at my at my level, if I do that, but the guys that I'm playing against at the U.S. Senior Open, you can't do that. There's no way they're gonna they're not coming back. I got to keep going forward. So it was like that was one of the first time in about a few years where I looked at myself after that hole was over and I felt I had a little outer body experience. It's like, did that really just happen? <laughs> wow yeah so you just sit to go you know, it's like a dream you wake up and go did I really just do that but it's but it's, that's that's what happens when you don't when you don't uh, you only know, get a few times a year to go out and compete where there's a tremendous amount of crowd out there so what goes on right so it's a, it's a learning experience every day you do you know it's like every day in life it's a, it's a learning experience golf is just an extension of that life yeah. So when you to your point, when you're all of a sudden out there and there, you know, there are tens of thousands of people around, and you're used to playing in front of tens of people. Does that is that intimidating? I mean, what's it like getting up on the first tee of a major event like that when you've got you know all these people around? I got to imagine that's you know that's got to be the hardest tee shot you ever hit. Yeah, you know, I've played in uh, I've played at uh, the Northern Trust a couple of times. I've played at uh, Farmers Insurance. Down here, there are the two events that we have in Southern California where you can qualify for. So you get to you get a little bit used to it because you've done it before. But it's not so much the opening tee shot. What's what you know is so funny. What helped um, this year was uh, a buddy of mine from San Diego also qualified club professional for the U.S. Senior Open. We're the only two that did from Southern California. So. We hooked up for a practice round on Tuesday, and he said, I just signed this up as a twosome. So then on that Tuesday morning, he goes, hey, two other guys are joining. He said, no problem. We get to the first tee, and Hale Irwin and Roger Chapman are going to wow. play with us on Tuesday. Yeah. So 
this was a good. This was great because what went on is we must have had three or four hundred people follow us the whole time around in a practice round. Wow. Yeah. So what was what's so funny? I tell the story at the club. I go <clears throat> when we leave the first screen, Hale Irwin signs autographs because it's a practice round. He's just practicing, right? So there's a lot of kids yep. out there and people with flags and their hats like that. So all of a sudden, I kind of walk by and the little boy's got his his hat out like this, and I go, I'm like, well, he doesn't need my autograph. What am I, who am I, right? But then, <laughs> but then I thought, right? But then I thought at the same time, you're outside the gates and you see somebody walk by and goes, that guy, well, he didn't even sign my hat. So I grab my black Sharpie and for the rest of the whole two and a half, four hours, I'm signing autographs after every green and every tee. <laughs> there you go. Well, because I didn't want to, I didn't want to look, I didn't want to look for the fan. I didn't want to look like, who's this guy? He just walked right by, you know? Right. Yeah, so I got to imagine that's that's an experience, right? Because you, you're you're sort oh, of caught. Sure. It's a catch twenty two, right? You don't want to be the jerk that didn't sign the kid's autograph. Exactly. So I just, I just grabbed my pen, and after that first pull, I just for the whole rest of the seventeen holes, I'm doing the kids are in grandstands, you go and I'm throwing balls to them up in the grandstand. It was fun. It was just it was a really fun experience. Plus, at that I time, bet it was that was. Yeah, so at that time, that Tuesday, that was kind of cool because we had three or four hundred people watching us, so that made it easier when I came Thursday and first seat. Right. So what's it like playing with Al Irwin? Good. Man, for, for, a, for a man, of, I think he's 69. Yeah. 68 or 69 years old. Yeah. After the first three or four holes, he kept complaining, boy, I can't hit as far as you guys anymore, blah, blah, blah. God, so. But it was good. It was, it was fun. He was, he was, uh, he was, uh, he talked to a lot of people that around and, you know, you look at him, you think of some of these guys for how they how they handle some of the fans. Because I've been in situations where I've seen guys right. kind of like get get sharp at some of the volunteers, and you're kind of like going, "Well, you don't want to." I say to myself, "Well, you don't want to do that. You got to try to do as much as you can for these people that are there volunteering their time out." So it's like, Hale did a pretty good job of you know, someone would say, "Hey, or Hale, remember me at Myrtle Beach?" And all of a sudden, they kind of like chat for a second, and then they keep on walking. But these guys got to yeah. do this every week. Every right. week, every week, every week, every week. So <clears throat> you're clearly an entertainer out there, and I think I think a lot of them have to realize that and be that kind of person where they got to think of where they're not just the superstar millionaires that have that are great golfers. They also have got to take care of the people that are there every week, all the time. Right. So. Ron, part of your title is that you are a Callaway Master Professional. How'd you go about getting that distinction? Uh, you know, what's so funny is I was uh, before I came to Hillcrest. I've been there now s- almost 17 years. I was at I was on title of staff. So when I get to uh, Hillcrest to start working with uh, one of my students was uh, uh, Rick Rosenfield, who is who started California Pizza Kitchen. Ah, okay. And. Yeah, so Mr. Rosenfield, I started working with him, and he's going like, "We got to get." He is a board member of Callaway, so he says, "Ron, we got to put from Tyler. Gotta, I got to put you on Callaway set because we hit it off really well, and my instruction clicked for, for for him. So that's how I got on Callaway's master staff, and now I've been with them for that'd be six, fifteen, fifteen years, probably fifteen, fourteen years. Wow! But he was he was oh. the influence because he's a, he's a Callaway uh, board of director. Right. So that's what got me so, on to the Callaway stuff. Yeah. So talk about Cal- the Callaway equipment that you're playing now. And I, I've i seen a couple interviews that you've done where you've sort of tweaked, you know, the, the clubs a little bit, made them a little flatter and that sort of thing. But talk about playing playing the Callaway equipment, what you play now, and uh, and how that's, you know, influenced or impacted your game. Yeah, I think the best uh, – I, I use the Callaway uh, Big Bertha Alpha driver – and I use a in my shafts in my uh, driver in Fairy Woods. I use a V2 Pro Force shaft, and then I have the Callaway Pro Apex irons, and in that is a 7.0 rifle shaft. And then I have my golf club set at four degrees, four to five degrees flat, because the flatter the golf club is, the less chance it goes to the left. So when I play on hard, fast golf courses, you want to come into the green with a with a softer, higher fade so the ball bounces and spins and goes right. When you hit a, a draw into a hard, fast green, 
the first bounce is a huge bounce forward, like topspin volley in tennis. It just hops forward, and it can never stay by the green. So <clears throat> anybody that has a anybody that moves the ball too much right to left, it's better to have a, a flatter golf club so it doesn't move so much right to left. So when you when you say flatter, what does that mean? Flatter means that the that the at the hosel and I and I do all my own stuff at the club. We have a lie loft machine uh, made by Mitchell Golf, and it's basically what goes in is if the shaft angle. I mean flatter. The shaft angle goes closer towards the probably the easiest way to explain it is the shaft angle goes closer towards the ground. It helps you right. hit it straight or more to the right. The more upright the shaft. More upright the shaft, meaning the the shaft pointing more towards the sky, that ball right. will help more right class. So most people need an upright club because most people don't move correctly, and that's why the ball fades or slices. Right. Is that is that the thing that you know as, as a you know someone who also does instruction for we amateurs? Is that something that you know we don't spend enough time on? Is getting fit properly? So that you know, our, the club is doing you know is helping us as much as possible. Yeah, like I always say, that the human being. I tell this to the my Catholic guys that are research and development all the time. I go, as long as there's a human being attached to the club, my job is safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Because what goes on is, <clears throat> other sports when the ball is moving. Even though people say, "Boy, it's got to be difficult to hit it," you know, you used to hear you used to hear ninety mile hour fastball. Now you're talking about a hundred, hundred and two mile hour fastball. But if you right. just stood there and stuck the bat out and didn't do anything, the ball has energy coming, so it hits the bat. The bat, the ball would go to the pitcher. Right. Didn't do anything. What you do is stick the bat out. Well, golf, the human being has to do more to move a stationary ball. That's why golf is so difficult. In other words, the human being has a lot of time to make a mistake from back to forward. So that's the difficulty of the game is it's, I believe it's more difficult to move a stationary ball than it is a moving ball. Sure. So, so that's the difficulty of golf. So um, one more before we let you go, Ron. Um, sure. This weekend, obviously, the PGA Championship. Rory's playing really well. Who do you like? Is there anybody that you think can come come from behind and uh, and take this one from Rory? Yeah, I was listening to the gentleman that you had on before, and we had the with the professional national championship at French Lick just maybe about four years, three or four or five years ago. And it's a difference in contrasting golf course between the French Lick Resort and that Donald Ross course that's there. So I was listening to him. He, you asked him that, and he liked he liked yep. Rory, Furick, Furick, and Phil. Well, right. if you just if you just watch it, if you're watching it right now on the Golf Channel, or whatever, and you're seeing what's going on with the conditions. This is playing right into Rory McIlroy's hands. Jimmy Furyk doesn't hit it as far as Mickelson or Rory, so Jim's going to have to have a lot of longer irons and maybe even some hybrids into some of these long par four greens. So um, I would love to meet Jim Furyk's a, a very nice man, and he's a, he's been like probably like him and Kuchar have been like the two most and Steve Stricker probably the most consistent golfers probably throughout the last let's say five, six, seven, eight years. But this is this golf course is just going to play just too long for Jim. Uh, so you've got to love Rory McIlroy. Hits the ball high, so when you hit the golf ball high, when that's wet conditions, the ball is going to his fairways now probably widen about five to seven yards on each side, right or left, because if the ball lands in the fairway, it's just going to stop. Where a ball hit in the fairway, if the conditions were hard and fast, the right side or left side, it could roll into the rough. That's why the USJ and the, and a lot of major championships. That's the way they're set up. If you shut the most of the courses, they set the they'll shut the water off in the fairway. Let's say ten, twelve days before the competition. So what goes on right. is any ball any ball that's close to the sides of the fairway that has any side spin now it rolls into the rough. So that's what you're not going to see over the next two days. You're going to see it just fly as far as it can go. As soon as it lands on the fairway, it's just going to stop. This place perfectly right into Rory's hands, and I'd be I'd be surprised if he didn't win. Now, the guy that's right behind him, Ty Bashirf, Jason Day, he's another one. He's another big bomber that hits it really high and lands it. Same with Phil. So it'd be interesting to see. I would probably think that tough to not pick Rory for the rest of the way he's been playing. Confidence is high. He hits the ball high. 
I'd like to comment, I think, uh, Paul Azinger made during the Open Championship races. The guys that are hitting it the best hit their long irons high and their short irons low. Because the lower it comes in, it's got the spin, it's easier to stay closer to the hole. Yeah, makes <clears throat> makes a ton of sense. I'm, uh, you know, I don't I don't know that there could be anything better for the game of golf than to have you know tomorrow come down to being a shootout between Rory, a Ricky Fowler, who uh, who I think yeah, has got a great chance, and he's been in it all the time. Phil yeah. obviously is great for crowds and uh, for ratings, but yeah, if you get those three guys and a Jason Day, who you know a couple of years ago was like Ricky Fowler is this year, knocking on the championship door. You know every you know every single major. So if you could get those four guys in it, uh, I think tomorrow's going to be very exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, this is a, you're seeing the this is what they call like the, it's the new breed. It's the it's the youth. It's the freedom. It's that's that's what they that's what they do. They hit it far. Jason Day hits it far. Ricky Fowler hits it far. So and he's been putting a little bit better. But Jason Day's been a little injured a little bit after he won the. Right that big match by championship in Arizona this year. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be fun to watch for sure. Absolutely right. Ron, how can our listeners stay up to date with, you know, what you're doing, whether it's, you know, online or over social media? Yeah, it's kind of tough. See, I'm at a private facility where I teach and I always tell the teacher members, they go, nobody knows all my instruction information because I can't teach outside the gates. So <clears throat> I'm thinking about uh, putting something together, but I'll keep everybody uh informed i'll probably uh use you as maybe an option to let let everybody know how to uh, be able to do something yeah yeah absolutely please do we'd be glad to pass it along or when you're ready to do it we'd love to have you come back on the show sometime because you've been fantastic for sure my pleasure all right well ron thanks for thanks for getting up with the sun or you know uh, opening the course and then coming right back on the show with us because like <laughs> i said I, I appreciate it and you are fantastic and i hope we do get the opportunity very soon to, A, talk with you again, and then, B, uh, inform everybody about what's going on uh, with you. Great. You got it, Chris. It was my pleasure. All right. Take care, Ron. All the best to you and your family. Great. Thanks. All right. Good day. All right, everybody. It's time to put a bow on this one. My sincere thanks to Dave Harner and Ron Skayan for being such wonderful guests. And again, check out the golf courses that uh, that they get to manage uh, or be a part of and play on because uh, French Lick is uh, an unbelievable facility. Again, going back to to Dave and when you when you think about what Ron's doing out at the Hillcrest uh, uh, Country Club in LA and the history of that wonderful facility, it's uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, my thanks to you for tuning in. You know I appreciate you guys the very most. Please check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, uh, uh, Bob Lazari, and our wonderful announcer, Joe Lajanusa. You can hear us right here on the Armed Forces Sports Radio Network, as well as across uh, radio sites all over the Internet, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud. Uh, you can take us with you everywhere you go, this show and Thursday Night Tailgate, uh, on your mobile devices. You can do that via player.fm and Stitcher. So uh, someone's dragging you to the mall, dragging you to the grocery store. You want to listen to something you know, that, that's enjoyable and uh, help you pass the time and uh, educate you and have some fun, listen to us. Find us. Again, next on the T and uh, Thursday Night Tailgate. Uh, Thursday Night Tailgate airs live every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We are official partners with the NFL Alumni Association. So the greats of the game come back to life every Thursday night from 8 to 10. We've got four to five wonderful guests that join us every single week. So, And then please check out the both shows online. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, please check out the show pages there. Interact with us. If we've got some guests that you want to ask some questions to, pass, us, pass those along to us. That's important to us, too. Give us a like. You can find us online at ThursdayNightTailgate.com and NextOnTheT.net. And you can stream or download any of our archived episodes on there uh, for free. So, And you can stay up to date with who we've got coming on. We appreciate you again the very most. Thanks for being with me this morning. And until next week, hit him straight, my friends.
Great things are happening at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better, like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better. Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep the crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. 